a good morning. Hallelujah. Let's go to Exodus 15. And uh, we'll begin there. We want to stay with this that we've been on for a number of weeks. Uh, a covenant of healing. And uh, we have uh, started most of these sessions off with uh, talking about what we always must believe, those three things that are so important. Uh, the first is that I have to always believe what God said about himself. God clearly outlines in the word what he wants you to believe about him. And uh, mindsets, religious mindsets or wrong mindsets uh, creep in because there's an abandonment of the word. Uh, that's something that must never occur. I, you always have to refer back to what did the word say. When Paul was dealing with the church in Rome and as well as Galatian, he was dealing with uh, the different sides of grace and works and and uh, the Judaizers had come in, in in the church in Galatia and was trying to bring the people away from uh, uh, the, the grace and bring them back under the law. And Paul asked both those churches, he said, what does the scripture say? I mean, he laid out his point, but then he said, what does the scripture say? And that that is something that's so simple, but in reality, a large percentage of believers have no comprehension of what the word says and uh, so their doctrine is not good because doctrine has to be uh, derived from the word of God when Jesus was dealing with uh, the religious leaders in his day uh, they were uh, giving him a hard time about some things that he had done and he said you do err not knowing the scriptures you get into error when you don't know the scriptures. And so I always have to believe what God said about himself. What did God say about him? If God, that'll be very important today. If God said something about himself, then that's what I want to believe. Uh, secondly, I always have to believe what God said about his word. This, this is what did God say about his word. And then that takes all of the... Uh, guesswork out of it I don't have to wonder about the word because I can look and see what God said about his word hallelujah thirdly always believe what God said about what he would do about what God said he would do hallelujah and uh you know, sometimes, especially in our circles, we think certain ideas and mindsets are extreme, you know, that it's an extreme fringe that believes certain things. There are whole denominations, mainline denominations, that believe God's behind cancer and God's behind sickness and God's behind disease. I mean, not, not some fringe group. People that you watch on TV <laughs> believe that. And, and, and the point is, uh, and you may not know you're watching them, but you are. And the, the, the point is, is that 
if you know what God said about what he would do, you can't believe that. Because I see what God said that he would do. He said, he said that his mode of operation was to bring health and cure and an abundance of prosperity. That's what he said. He said in 3 John 2 that he desired above all things that we prosper and be in health. And so I have to always refer back to that. What did God say about himself? What did he say about his word? And what did he say about what he would do? So Exodus 15 and 26, and uh, the Lord is talking to the people of Israel, and he says, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you which have come upon the Egyptians, or I will allow none of them, for I am the Lord that heals you. You have to read that in that tense, in that, in that context. I will not allow any of these diseases on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. Now, understand what that means. I'm not going to allow these diseases because I'm not the disease bringer. I'm the healer. Now, this can sound elementary to us, but if God is the healer and the bringer of sickness, there's a problem. Because he's destroying his own work. He's doing something and then destroying it. The Bible says that Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. All right, and we know what he did. A ma major part of his ministry was healing. And all sickness is not derived from a spirit, but all sickness came with the fall, with the curse. And so... The point is, God says God makes a difference between himself and sickness when he says, I won't allow these diseases on you because I'm the God that heals you. Now remember, what did God say about himself? He said, I'm the Lord that heals you. Hallelujah. He names himself that. He names himself the Lord, Jehovah, Rapha, your physician. That's what God calls himself. And that's, this is one of the first instances that we have of God calling himself anything. And he calls himself our healer. Hallelujah. Uh, in Exodus 23, there's so much in these verses. We've been on them 13 or 14 weeks, and there's so much here. Uh Exodus 23 and 25. Serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I will turn infirmity from you. One translation says, I will keep sickness far away from you. Another says, I, the Lord, will take away any sickness that you may have. So again, we see God as the healer, 
And now we see him as the taker of sickness. Hallelujah. Because he took stripes. He took the sickness. This is, see, this is what God said about himself. So it would be uh, not just wrong, it would, it would place God in this place of being uh, double-minded if he gave sickness and then turned around and took what he gave. Because think about this. If God gave sickness and then turned around and took what he gave, What's to say he won't give healing and turn around and take it and give sickness? See, God is either what he said or he's not. Because you can't, you can't paint him in a light of something he didn't say because then there's no way to stop that. There's no end to that. If God will make sick and then take sickness... He might heal you and then take your healing. Or he might bless you and then take your prosperity. Do you see this? So if he's the healer, he's the healer. That's what he said about himself. Oh, glory to God. One translation says, I will turn infirmity from you. I like that. It might be coming toward me, but he'll turn it. Why? Because he's my shield and my exceeding great reward. Amen. There's always, there's always been a, a delineation made between the people of God and, and, the, and the world. He said, we'll read it in a moment. He said, none of those diseases of Egypt will come on you. Hallelujah. The diseases of this world. It, it, it doesn't matter. I taught on it yesterday morning in the healing meeting. It, does, it doesn't matter what may be in the world. There is a, 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 a blessing wall. There is a healing wall between me and that. And even if it does try to attack my body, I have a promise that it will not come to full fruition in my body because the healing power in me is greater than the power of disease trying to get in me. Glory to God. The power of God, the healing power in you, will displace sickness. Glory to God. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Mm-hmm. And um, verse 9. Know therefore the Lord your God, he is God. Now that's, that is something that I'm not saying you per se, but I'm going to say a lot of people that I know just kind of skip over. It's saying know that the Lord your God, he is God. That's who he is, God. That's important because that's, that's got to be your mindset. Wait a minute, God's God. There's, there's no one beside him, no one above him, right? And notice he's the faithful God. Hallelujah. 
that keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Verse 12 says, It shall come to pass, if you hearken these judgments, keep, do them, the Lord your God will keep unto you the covenant and the mercy that he swear to your fathers. Now notice, this is what God said about himself. He will keep the covenant and the mercy that he swore. Right? Remember we talked a few weeks ago, healing is mercy. I'll keep the mercy that I swore. And he will love you. That's what God said about himself. So you got to put all this together. So God is not putting sickness on people because no form of sickness can be considered loving me. Well, God allowed it. That's the same as no love. Well, if somebody got sick and God didn't stop it, didn't he allow it? No. He, he, he proved that he doesn't allow it by the sacrifice of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now notice, mm, he'll love you, bless you, multiply you. Bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your land, your corn, your wine, your oil, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. In the land he swear unto your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. That's what God said. So what am I? Blessed above all people. Amen. That, now that's covenant people. That's God's covenant people. That's us. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and put or allow none of the evil diseases of Egypt that you know upon you, but will uh, lay them or allow them upon all that hate you. Mm. One translation says, the Lord will preserve you ha, 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 from every sickness. Every sickness. Every sickness. Every sickness. Hallelujah. You see, it, it, it's every one. And notice, he will preserve you. So I might be right in the middle of it, but I'm preserved. See, that's got to be the mindset. And, and I, I'm not, I don't have time to get a lot into the, 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 the words that we speak. But, but listen, that's why it's so important. Uh, you, we, I, I've seen it even before the last two years. But when I would deal with people and they would, they would talk to me and they'd say, uh, I, I need you to pray with me for so-and-so or I need you to pray with me about a diagnosis I got. Okay, well, what was it? Let's, let's, uh, let's agree on that. Well, the doctor said I have cancer. Well, cancer's sure enough bad. 
But when you speak about it in hushed tones, there's a respect for it. I need you to pray for so-and-so. Well, what's wrong? Well, they went to the doctor and they have COVID. And it's not the other variant or the second variant or the 420th variant. It's Obicron or whatever it is. I'm not making light of that. I'm saying, think about this. If it is a disease, I'm preserved from it. Yeah, but it attacked my body, but it wasn't able to come to full manifestation because the healing power in you drove it out. Jehovah, one translation says, will keep every disease away from you every disease another says you'll be healthy oh my lord that's me we'll be healthy why the lord will protect you from those dreadful diseases that's why i'll be healthy that's what god said about himself so he's protecting me from those dreadful diseases glory to god I like this one. The Lord will keep you from having any kind of illness. The Lord, now notice, the Lord will keep you. The Lord will keep you. Notice this, this language. The Lord will preserve you. The Lord will protect you. The Lord will keep you. It's important. They're out there but the Lord will preserve me. They're out there, but the Lord will protect me. They're out there, but the Lord will preserve me. And in preserving me and keeping me and protecting me, He is keeping every disease away from me. Now see, that's got to be the mindset Instead of, I hope I don't catch it. I've had people, they'll cough. <coughs> hope it isn't COVID. Me too. Because you just coughed on me. <laughs> right? Or, or whatever it may be. Right? Or whatever it may be. But, but. That, that's, let, let, me, let me tell you how this works. A pain will come in your body. A pain will come in your body. And immediately, the enemy starts talking. Depending on where it's at. Amen. I, ha- I had, I had, I had, to, I didn't know I had at the time, but I had to strain something one time in, 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 in a workout. And it was, it, where I'd strained, it was right in the, in the area where your appendix is. Oh, my goodness, it hurt. It just hurt. And I'd sit up, and it hurt. And I'd lay down, and it hurt. And I'd lay down, and it would hurt. And the enemy would say, that's your appendix. Your appendix is bursting. It's going to burst. 
your wife's going to be gone out of town. You're going to be here alone with your daughter, and the, your appendix is going to burst. And what are you going to do? Amen. Well, I remember Charles Capps talking about flying from England, uh, Arkansas, to Tulsa. And uh, on the way there, his appendix burst. He didn't know it, but it burst. Severe pain. He went ahead and, and preached with a burst appendix. And went back to the doctor when he got back home the next day. And uh, the doctor said, well, your appendix is burst. We got we to gotta do surgery. They performed surgery on him. And when they got in there and they got done, the doctor came to him and said, the funniest thing about that was, he said, well, yeah, we found a burst appendix. He said, but your body had formed a wall and cordoned off all that poison. And it was, it was in one place. It couldn't go anywhere else in your body because there was a wall around it. Now, people say, why is that important? Because that's what came to my mind. Now, it, it, if it is, the Lord will preserve me. But, but here's what I want you to say. I couldn't start, I couldn't start talking about that. Hey, is, have you ever had a problem with your appendix? Does it hurt here? Well, if it wasn't that, what's the problem? I could have made it that. You understand? You start talking, wondering. See, this is how you respond. No, the Lord preserves me. The Lord protects me. The Lord keeps me. So he keeps me protected from it, and he keeps it away from me. Oh, that's so important. So you've got God with one hand covering you and with the other hand stopping the sickness. There's no, it, there's no way he wins. Hallelujah. So a pain will come in your body and the devil will start with his flip chart. Well, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And if he can't get you to believe it's appendicitis, well, maybe you got a tumor. You got a growth in your stomach. And he'll keep flipping until that person accepts something. But if you answer everything with, no, I'm protected from that. No, I'm kept from that. No, I'm preserved from that. What you say to his thought is just as important as any positive thing you may say on a consistent basis. And, that, and, 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 and here's a deadly sentence. Well, I wonder if it could be this. Well, see, wonder is thinking, so you're thinking it could be that. And now they're starting to say it. Well, I, I wonder if that's whatever. <laughs> now, this is what God said about himself. Now, the word, we know the word is truth. We know God can't lie. We know that if God says something, he'll do it. So that settles the issue. All right? But there's some other things God said. Notice in Exodus 33. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Moses is... Uh, Talking with the Lord here. And he says in verse 18 of Exodus 33, I beseech you, show me your glory. And notice, and he said, the Lord said, 
I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And then he tells him what he's going to do. I'm going to put you in a rock and I'm, I'm going to cover you with my hand when I pass by. Verse 5 of chapter 34 tells us, it describes this to us. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, with Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Now notice he said in verse 19, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him. And here's what he proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins. Do you see that? He said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. And it says in verse 5, he proclaimed the name of the Lord. And then he tells you what he proclaimed. That he's merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeps mercy for thousands, forgives iniquity and transgression and sins. He will not clear the guilty. Hallelujah. Then he says, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the children's children, and the third and fourth generation. That's unrepentant sin, not just of the fathers of each successive generation. But here's the point. Notice what God said about himself. I'll make my goodness pass before you, and I'll proclaim my name before you. And he said, I'm merciful, I'm gracious, I'm long-suffering. I'm abundant in goodness and in truth. That's what God proclaimed about himself. There's no way you can weasel sickness in there. Hallelujah. Do you see this? This is what God called himself. Healing is a manifestation of the goodness of God. So to believe and say God, good, God is good is to expect God to heal you because God's good. In uh, John chapter 1, And verse 18, the King James says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Well, that can be a little blind to us. The Amplified Bible says, No, one had, no man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique Son, or the only begotten God, who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the Father, notice, He has declared Him. He has brought Him out where He can be seen. He has interpreted Him and made Him known. 
No man has seen God at any time. But it says Jesus has declared him, brought him out where he could be seen, interpreted him, and made him known. Hallelujah. So all could see the Father because Jesus was the interpretation of the Father. Jesus was making him known. Jesus was causing the Father to be seen. Hallelujah. If I, if I lose sight of that fact, that the, a lot of people lose sight of that fact. They say, well, Jesus was healing to prove who he was. Jesus was healing because the Father was in him. And that's the will of the Father. Hallelujah. And uh, that's why Jesus told Philip, Philip said, show us the Father. And he said, have I been such a long time with you that you don't know me? Now, wait a minute. You don't know me. Who's talking? People say, well, Jesus was talking. He asked about the Father and Jesus said, me. Haven't you been seeing me do the works? How, how is it I've been such a long time with you and you don't know me? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How then, askest thou, show us the Father? You see, you want to see the Father? Look at me. I am the interpretation. I am bringing him out. I'm making him known. The, the point that I want to make is that if God can't change, then God was doing the works. Because, and we'll get into it in a minute. Because God was, Jesus was anointed by God. Hallelujah. Everyone could see the Father because Jesus was the interpretation of the Father. In uh, Mark chapter 3. And verse 1. And he, Jesus, entered again into the synagogue. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day. Now, to understand what is trying to be said here, you got to back up to the next chapter in verse 23. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, or the wheat fields, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the, the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Well, they weren't working. This isn't what they got paid to do. They were, they were grabbing the heads of wheat and eating them, having a little snack. And he said unto them, Have you never read? Now notice, remember, 
you err not knowing the scriptures. So he takes these leaders back to, don't you know this scripture? Have you never read what David did when he had need and was hungered? He and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest and did eat the showbread which was not lawful to eat before the priest and gave to them that were with him. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Do you see this? In other words, man isn't under the rule of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is under the rule of man. And he says, therefore, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath also. And he entered into the synagogue, and there was a man there that had a withered hand, and they watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath. So this is the same day. It's the Sabbath. And he's already talked to a group and said, look, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. In, in other words, the Sabbath is a day for good things. You shouldn't go hungry on the Sabbath. If you want to eat on the Sabbath, you should be able to. If you want to enjoy yourself on the Sabbath, you should be able to. David took the, the bread of the high priest that wasn't lawful for him to eat it. And notice he said, he said to the man which had the withered hand, stand forth, or step up here, stand up. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath days? To give life or to kill? And notice, they held their peace. Now, notice how he starts this out. To do good or evil? To give life or to kill? When? On the Sabbath day. They held their peace. When he looked round about on them with anger. Mm. Being grieved for the hardness, the blindness of their hearts. He said to the man, stretch forth your hand and he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other so notice jesus equates healing with goodness and sickness with evil if you don't hate sickness you'll have a hard time keeping it away from you you gotta hate it uh, ministers that don't hate sickness have a hard time getting people healed. So you got to hate it. You got to recognize it for what it is. It's satanic oppression. Well, now all sickness isn't a spirit. I didn't say it was a spirit. I said it's satanic oppression. Amen. See, it's important. And Jesus, Jesus noticed he was angry at the hardness of their heart or the blindness of their heart, but it was in relation to and tied to this sickness. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. The Amplified Bible says he glanced around at them with vexation and anger, grieved at the hardening of their hearts. And he said to the man, hold out your hand. He held out his hand and it was completely restored. So is it lawful to do good? 
Now, understand, is it? Well, yeah. According to the law, of course. But they had added their tradition. Jesus said, you make the word void through your tradition. So over the years, they had added traditions to the law that God had given. Hallelujah. Remember, they, they encountered him one time. He had healed a man on the Sabbath. And what did Jesus say? He said, my father works on the Sabbath, so I work on the Sabbath. See, who's doing the work? The father. See, it's important. The, the, the reason it's important is because he equates healing with goodness. This is the goodness of God. In John 14. This is a scripture that uh, is important to put in our arsenal. We quoted it a little earlier. But let's start in verse 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Notice, if you had known me, you should have known my Father. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us. I hate that it was Philip again. Lord, show us the Father. What, now watch, what did Jesus just say? You have seen Him. Jesus said, Have I been such a long time with you, and you have not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I do not speak of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, the Woost Bible says, the Father who is in me, in me uh, is abiding, he is doing his works. Now, here's, here's this part that I want you to see, because it, a lot of people miss this. Believe me, verse 11, that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else, believe me, believe what? That the Father's in me because of the works. Now notice, truly, truly covenant language, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Now, why is that? Why would he say that? Who is doing the works in Jesus? After Jesus ascended, where did the Father come to live? In us. So he's saying, right now, the Father's in me, and you see the works I'm able to do, but there's coming a day, the Father's going to be in you, and you'll do the same works. Glory to God. So the Father's in me, and who will do the works? The Father will do the works in me. 
When you put the pressure on yourself to get people healed, you get nobody healed because you're not the healer. The Father is the healer. I become the vessel. Hallelujah. Now, people will take that and go too far with it. Well, now, brother, I'm nothing. It's all God. Well, right there, you're not going to get anybody healed because that's false humility. Anytime you got to talk about how nothing you are, you really think you're something. Because you got to tell everybody you're nothing. Oh, I'm nothing now, brother. I'm nothing. Well, you don't believe that. You don't believe that any more than you believe that you're sitting on the moon right now. <laughs> Amen. That's when you hear somebody, you, you'll ask them to sing. You know, so we don't do specials in our church anymore, thank the Lord. But the point is, you ask somebody, would they sing? Oh, I can't sing. Oh, come on, we'd like to hear you sing. Oh, I can't. They're just, they're just putting on. They no more believe that than a man in the moon. That's false humility. You don't run around talking about how now I'm nothing and I can't heal a fly with the hiccups. Well, we know that. We're fully aware of that. Tell us what can happen. If you come up here, the Lord will heal you. Amen. Glory to God. So the Father does the works. Healing is goodness. Understand this. God is what he calls himself. And God acts in accordance to what he is. God is what he said about himself. And then he acts in accordance to what he is. If God names himself something, he is that already. He's revealing himself as that to you. Glory to God. Matthew 7. And verse 11. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. If you, being evil, know how to give good, notice, good gifts to your children... I know how to give good gifts to my children. It's important. Because there are people that would never do anything to harm their children, yet they will accuse God of harming his children. You know what, you're, you know what that person is saying? Is that they have more goodness than God. So that's important. When I walk in my daughter's room, I'm aware that I know how to give good gifts. Amen. And you know, here's the thing. When you show goodness, people expect goodness. My daughter, if I do something once, she expects it from there on. When I go to Kansas, I go on a trip. The very first time, over two years ago. I said, you want me to bring you back a surprise? Yes. Next time I left, she said, don't forget my surprise. I thought that was a one-off. 
Last time I left, she goes, don't forget my surprise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I go to Kroger, and she says, don't forget my surprise. <laughs> but here's my point. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about my child as much as I am to say, notice something. One manifestation of goodness brought about the expectation of more of the same. If God's ever healed you, he's proven physically that he's your healer. I can expect more of the same. If God's never healed me, I can expect it because the word says that's what he is. Oh, that's so important. So he says, if you being evil, now he's not calling everyone, all humans evil. All right. But he's saying, if you being human, if you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Now here's the, the three letter phrase, how much more? Will your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? How much more? So just take the goodness you would exhibit and multiply that innumerable times, and you see God's goodness. Now think about this. This is what, and I know Jesus said it, but for the sake of our teaching, this is what God said about himself. That he gives good things to who? To who? To us, but what, do we all, what, do all, what, what is all we have to do? Ask. And what will he do? Give a good thing. Is healing goodness. So what is a person that needs healing, what do they have to do? Ask. I've used this illustration before, but I'll use it again. My, my, uh, my uh, uh, second daughter, uh, she, she would want a job. And, you know, I, I would take her and drop her off somewhere, and she'd go in and come right back out in about two minutes. And I'd say, uh, well, I said, uh, what would they say? Well, I don't think they're hiring. Did you ask? Well, no, I just don't think, get in there and ask. You want a job, you got to ask. Right? Yeah, but dad, I, no, you got to ask. You have to ask. If, if, if there's a meeting and you don't show up, then somebody goes, hey, where were you the other night? We didn't see you at the meeting. Well, nobody told me. Nobody, nobody asked me to come. I didn't know what I was supposed to do because I wasn't asked. If you walk in a room and somebody goes, what's your response going to be? What? Well, did you bring it? Bring what? Did, did you bring that thing? You didn't ask me. I have no, I'll, you, just ask me, I'll go get it. Right? That's how a lot of people go to God. Father? And God's like, what? Well, God knows everything. Yeah, but 
what did he say? Access everything he knows and all that he has. You have to ask. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. I have to ask. And what will I get? Good things. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. Healing is goodness. I've never had anybody go, boy, this heart trouble is good. Right? And I, and I mean, I know that's a given, and it's like, well, yeah, hey, duh. But think about that. Have you ever had the flu and said, boy, this is a good flu? I mean, I got a good strain this year. I mean, it knocked me down for three days. It was good. It was, I mean, 180 proof flu. It was good stuff. Then you just get a little touch of it. Oh, that's a bad flu. It's, I mean, I hardly ache. No, of course not. If you got the flu, you want to get shed of it just as quick as you can because it makes you feel what? Not good. And when all those symptoms leave your body, what does it feel? feels good to feel good. So think about this. So getting better is good. Getting sick is bad. So he said God will give good things to those that ask him. So that means God will never give sickness because it's not good. Not good. I have a covenant that says he'll take it, keep it away from me, protect me, keep me, preserve me, keep all those diseases away from me. That means he'll never give it to me. He'll never allow it. That's a manifestation of his goodness. There are people on the sound of my voice watching online. There are people here and watching online that you went through the last two years and never had a symptom, never had an issue in your body. There are people watching and people here that you did face symptoms and you dealt with that devil of COVID. But here you are. God preserved you. God took it away from you. God pushed it out of your body. God kept you and preserved you because God's good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's look at Acts 10. Am I helping you at all today? When you build your, you put so much healing in you. That sickness may try to manifest, but it will be driven out. Because what God, God's goodness is directly adversarial to sickness. And uh, here in Acts 10, I want to look at a familiar verse, but let's, let's see if we can look at it in a little deeper light. You know, and all of this, everything that we see here is tied back to those th first three verses we read. Because it's all tied to the covenant. God was healing people based on the covenant. Because he told them, I'll take sickness from you. He healed everybody on credit, on the blood that was going to be shed. But it was all based on the covenant. Acts 10 and 38, it says how God, now notice this is the word they were preaching. 
Verse 37, Peter talks about the word they were preaching throughout Judea. This is what was published throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Now, now notice that word, I say you know, which was published throughout Judea. What was that word? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, this is important. God anointed a man. Well, it doesn't say a man, but all throughout Scripture, when it's a reference to Jesus of Nazareth, it's a reference to his humanity. How God anointed Jesus the man with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing, notice, good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The Amplified Bible says how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for, now at the four, put that together, he went about doing good and in particular curing all that were harassed and possessed, oppressed by the power of the devil. For he did this because God was with him. So it was God's will. That's why he did it, is because God was with him. That's important to see, because people think, well, yeah, Jesus had an anointing, he could just heal people. Mm-mm. He anointed a man. He anointed the man, Jesus, with the Holy Ghost and power. And Jesus went about doing good, in particular, curing all that harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil because God was with him. So notice, the Father was the initiator. God sent Jesus. God anointed Jesus. God was in Jesus. God was with Jesus. God was doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing is goodness. So, it's a very elementary exercise, but what keeps you in alignment is determining is something good or bad. If it's good, I want it, and it's God. If it's bad, I don't want it, and it's not God. Hallelujah. So God proclaimed about himself, I am abundant in goodness. I'm abundant in goodness. Hallelujah. And God only does good things. Thank you, Father. It's important to remember that. Uh, I've, had, I've had people over the years that they won't come right out and say that, you know, God's not good, but they'll kind of infer it. Well, 
for faith, remember something, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. I have a covenant with God that says he'll only show me goodness. And people say, well, but God will chastise you. I know that's his goodness. If God corrects you, that's his goodness. It would be wicked of God to just let you go without correcting you. But who does he correct? His children. But how does he correct them? Through the word. Through the inward witness. God doesn't use evil to correct. People say, well, God's bringing America to its knees. God's correcting it through all these problems. No, no, no. America has opened the door through almost 70 million abortions and all kinds of legislation that's opening the door to abominations. You understand? There are things that are going on in our nation right now that the bottom line is the door was opened through the sin of the people. But nonetheless, God has said that he wasn't done with our nation because the church is still here. But here, here's, here's the point. You can take something good, correction is good, but God doesn't correct in an evil way. There have been children that their parents needed to discipline them and they made them lay down on a bed without a shirt on them and beat them with an extension cord. Well, the child may have needed discipline, but that was wickedness. That, that, that was abuse. God doesn't abuse. He corrects. And his correction may be direct and it may be, uh, it may be uh, forceful, but it's two things. It's never damaging or disrespectful. Amen. I learned years ago never to use disrespectful terms with my kids. Even as their parent. They deserve my respect. Bless God, I'm the parent. They need to respect me. And they will much easier if you respect them. Even, even at five years old. Because, because it's important. God is never disrespectful to his children. He doesn't treat, remember, let, let me finish with this. Remember Hebrews, it says this, it says, they that the Lord loves, he corrects. Like a what? Like a father, his son. He said, if the Lord doesn't correct you, then you're not sons, you're illegitimate children. But God doesn't correct through wicked means because he's good. I mean, think about this for a moment. I, I know you probably know this, but you got to think about these things. What could I possibly learn from cancer? How could that be a corrective measure? Now, why? 
Because what does cancer do to people? Kills them. Destroys their life. Cancer takes fathers from families and mothers from families. It takes kids from families. How could it ever be a good thing? So how could God ever correct through it? He wouldn't. Because the end of God's correction is repentance and goodness. Let, let, me, let me show you something real quick. Is, it, is this okay? I may not be saying this for everybody here. I may be saying it for somebody online. Or maybe I am saying it for you. But uh, nonetheless, it's just now 1130. So if you're taking medicine... Glory to God. I, I, I want you to see something here because uh, this is uh, so important. Because he talks here about the uh, grace of God in the book of Titus. And he talks about what the grace of God will do what it teaches us. Hallelujah. In uh, chapter 2 of Titus, verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to us, teaching us, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now notice, this is what the this is the grace of God that brings salvation teaches us. See that that's correction. That's how God corrects. He teaches us. Right? If a child is disrespectful, the parent takes them and teaches them how to be respectful. It may or it may not involve a physical discipline. But, but the point is, is notice that grace teaches. Here's something so important. Grace doesn't overlook. Grace teaches you how to do this. God doesn't use ungodly methods to correct his people. God doesn't, take, God doesn't take his blessings. You move out of the blessing flow. Well, the blessings of God stopped flowing. No, they didn't. They're still flowing. I'll leave you with this. Remember, did I tell you the story about the couple? And uh, the wife was telling her husband one day, she said, Honey, she said, uh, you know, when we first got married, she said, we'd be driving down the road in the car. And she said, nobody could tell if it was one person or two. We were so close. She said, now we sit on separate sides. And the husband looked at her and said, well, honey, there's one thing you got to know. Back then, I was driving. I'm still driving. Who moved? I'm still where I was. God is still who he has always been and is still where he was. Who moved? 
God never stops walking close to us. We move away from God. When someone says to me, uh, the blessings of God have stopped flowing in my life, who moved? Wasn't God. God's not withholding healing from any of us. Because that would be unjust of him, to be a healer and withhold it. Hallelujah. So, Father, I'm so grateful today. I'm so thankful. I'm so honored that you have chosen to allow the word of God to be ministered today. I thank you for the healing power of God that flows through every individual present, every individual Lord watching online. I thank you that the healing power of God is infiltrating their system and affecting a change in them. And that their lives will forever, 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 forever be changed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, don't forget to join us tomorrow night, those online, those here for Brother Jerry Savelle. We're going to have a great service. Hope to see you then. God bless you.